Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Tennis.com podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Nina Pantic, and I'm joined today in New York City by Irina Falcone. Hey, guys. It's Irina Falcone. And by our special guest, who just qualified for the U.S. Open, Caroline Dallahide. Hey, guys. It's Caroline Dallahide, and I'm just really happy to be here with Nina and Irina. All right. I guess first off, dude, like, major congrats. You just qualified. This is your second time qualifying for a Grand Slam? Okay, big deal. You're an American U.S. Open Grand Slam. Like, walk us a little bit through that. You got a wild card in. You're staying in an amazing spot in Brooklyn, and you have your family here, which is unbelievable. So just walk us through it a little bit. Yeah, definitely this year it's a little bit of a different vibe just because I'm coming in off of that Pan Am win and the Concord wins. And um, I'm just a bit more relaxed this year, having my mom, my older sister around and my younger sister coming and being in a quieter part of town, not Manhattan. Um, just feels nice coming back here. How does it feel to come back to the U.S. Open having played here before, having been a junior, having junior success here before? Do you feel more comfortable on the grounds? Do you feel like the attention's good? Yeah, I definitely feel like it came with experience. And I say that and you might laugh because I'm 20. But um, literally, I came here and I I think I've lost all three times I've played in the major event. So um, I lost in qualies and then qualies the next year. And then I made it off my own ranking in main draw last year and I lost first round. So um, that's definitely something I thought about for a second there. Um, But to get a few wins definitely feels really good. I don't know about you, but I've always found that there's a little bit of like a pressure when you get a wild card into an event because you feel like, all right, I really have to perform because I have to show them that, hey, this wild card was worth it. I played the Open one year and I qualified as a wild card. So I get that. Like it's it's a pretty exciting like moment when you qualify and you're like, okay, I earned this spot now. Like the wild card was totally worth it. So coming in, did you know that you were maybe going to get the wild card or... Yeah, I actually, I kind of knew a little bit beforehand um, just because I've played this event before and um, I played Pan Am and I did really well. So um, I knew my chances were really high. Um, But yeah, it's always nice to to get a wild card. I mean, it's up in the air always, but... um, I've always found that whenever people ask or talk about the Pan Am games, a lot of Americans don't really know about it. Mm -hmm. Did you find that at all? Yes, because I I didn't know about it. Yes, and if I'm being 100% honest, I actually said no the first time because I didn't. I thought my schedule was not going to work out in it, and um, so I signed up for it obviously just to be safe, just in case I wanted to play it. And then um, Adam Peterson, our coach, um, approached me and he said that it might be a good opportunity for me to get a lot of matches. And I said, all right, let's do it. And yeah, that's how I found out about it. And it was in Lima, Peru. So what is that city like? Have you been there before? Because to me, that sounds exotic and really cool. Yeah, that that was my first time in South America. So it was actually amazing. And being there with Usue was 
even better because she was teaching me Spanish because I took four years in, in high school. So I wanted to like practice a little bit. And Alexa Graham was also on the team. So that was nice. And the boys were great. It was okay, fun. So the listeners need to know that you won the gold medal with Usue Arconada mm-hmm. and the silver medal in singles. So pretty big deal to come away with medals. What is it? Is there points to this? Is there money for this? Or is it just the honor and like the match play? Yeah, it was mostly the honor and the match play. And on top of that, it was definitely confidence because um, coming off of a pretty slow beginning of the year, um, it was really nice to get multiple wins in a row. So a lot of people don't know this, but Lima, Peru, like this year, Pan Am Games was on red clay. Mm-hmm. Um, right before the hard court season, you don't think like, hey, I'm going to go play a red clay event. How hard was that decision to make? Like you were, I saw you training with Usue and Alexa. You were training on the red clay. Like, were you nervous at all? Were you like, I love this surface. I'm gonna do great. Like, what were you going into it? You know, I didn't play Roland Garros this year, so I wanted that um, experience on the red clay. But at the same time, it was a little nerve wracking for me because that was a part of my decision. I was like, I'm going to be skipping a few tournaments and it's also going to be on red clay right before U.S. Open. It didn't seem that attractive at the beginning. But then once I learned more about how big of a deal it was to represent your country and I just I couldn't not go. And Irina also played Pan Am Games and also came in with a medal, too. Tell us. Yes. Um, So... It's funny because uh, it's not exactly something I tell a lot of people about because a lot of Americans just don't know about it. South Americans, they really do. They really pride themselves in knowing that because it is like such a big event for them. Um, So yeah, in 2011, Guadalajara, I won gold medal in singles and silver medal in doubles. And it was the funniest thing. When they were heading over to Lima, I'd see them every day in the in the locker room and I'd be like, you guys, like, you have to keep the tradition, like, you got to bring back medals. And, like, I, I felt like I was totally trying to inspire you guys because I knew that you guys could do it. Like, you guys had a heck of a team. And I was like, you and Usue have been playing incredible doubles. So you're playing doubles here at the U.S. Open with Vanya. Okay. And you guys got in in ranking or you had a... Ranking. Okay. Yeah. That's unbelievable. So Vanya's coming back now. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that she was like on her way back. So yeah. tell, tell us how that partnership kind of happened. Yeah, she, she texted me and she was, well, we talked a little bit last year about potentially playing. And then she texted me before this and was like, hey, I think um, we have a really good chance of getting in and I'd love to play with you. And I said, I would love to play with you too. I mean, this would be great um, to learn from someone like Vanya, who's an amazing player. So it just worked out. There's quite a connection here, or at least I'm going to make it. Um, When Irina played the Pan Am Games and won it, she came to UCLA to visit me. And Caroline's sister, Courtney, went to UCLA. And we overlapped by, I think, two or three years. So it's kind of fun. And then Vanya's best friend, Yasmin Schnack, also went to UCLA. And I was on the team with her. So I feel like I've known Vanya for a while, at least, you know, passing dinners here and there. And then your sister and I spent a lot of time together. So speaking of college... Uh Did it ever cross your mind how seriously and were you going to go to UCLA? Yes, I actually committed to UCLA. um, And I talked with the coaches, Stella and Rance, and um, I came up with the decision of not going just because um, I wanted to go a different route. And it was was sad just because I pictured my my life going to UCLA ever since I was in eighth grade. And um, yeah, it was it was a tough decision, but it was definitely the right decision at the time. And 
I even consulted with you about going pro. I I talked with you, uh, Christiane, like all the girls, and I just wanted to get as much information as I could about the pro circuit life and WTA. And yeah, I'm really happy I did that. I remember actually talking, um, I think we were in the lodge at USTA. We were having lunch. And I mean, I think you were pretty much in that moment deciding like that week I think you were like I have to figure this out like college or going pro I mean that's probably one of the biggest decisions I think in any tennis player's life like was it a hard one was it an easy one did your parents have any input like your coach what yeah um it was it was a really hard one but once I made it it was really easy if that makes sense um because I was talking through that whole week with Steven and you guys, and then I just woke up one morning. I was like, I'm doing it. And I called my mom, and I was like, nobody can change my mind. Like, I was in, like, that kind of, like, mood. And my mom was like, hold on, like, think about it. This is a huge decision. And I still thought about it, but I was 100% in ever since I woke up that morning and was like, I'm going to do this. There's something there to be said of making a decision and knowing I'm not going to go back and fully committing. That makes you, I think, take it even more seriously. Yeah. You feel that? Oh, 100%. And I feel like everyone's different, but I definitely was like full commit. Like I'm doing it. You know, if this is the route I'm going, I'm trying my hardest at every possible thing I can. It's also funny because I was at UCLA probably around the time you were making making a lot of big moves in the junior circuit and Rance Brown talked about you a lot. Yeah, I was excited. They were excited. It's just bad timing, I would say. All right, listeners, we're here with Caroline Dolehide, uh, she's an American pro, ranked high in the 200s, just qualified for the U.S. Open. We're talking with her in New York during the U.S. Open, and let's get back to Caroline. Okay, so last year you qualified, you played me actually in the first round of French Open qualies. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I remember very clearly. You were Your kick serve was just like going over my head. I was like, bye serve. Um, and so you went and you like had a run there. Okay. Um, and then just tell us a little bit about that year and like I know what it's like to do really well at a tournament and then not play it the following year. It can be really tough. Roland Garros was always a great tournament for me. Just like being there in juniors, it was so fun and one of my favorite cities, Paris. Um, so yeah, when I found out that I was a few too many out of the draw this year, I was really crushed. Um, but And that was during the time where I didn't have that great of a beginning of the year. So it was all hitting me and um, I had to do a lot of mental training during that time. Um, And I went through a lot of moods and I had to get through a lot. Um, But yeah, I guess I just changed, I changed my mindset and just all works out, you know. What's your support team like? Are you based in Nona at the USTA? Is is it USTA coaches? Mom is is fully in, you know, sister? What's it like? Um, I have a really supportive family and I'm really lucky. Um, and I also have a really great team. Steven is always amazing to talk to even Ochi and Dr. Larry, you know, yeah, they're great to talk to. Um, but I definitely find a little escape through my family just because we come from, I mean, obviously the same family, but we, we go through different like situations every day. I mean, my younger sister's at West Point. Um, my older sister's at Georgetown. My brother just graduated high school or college at FAU. Um, my mom is still working. My dad is too. So, um, I talked to all of them about all of it. 
How do you deal with changing the scenery? Like you just played a 60K in Concord, Massachusetts. You played in Honolulu. You went and went to Lima. And now you're at the US Open in terms of being at a smaller 25K or something yeah. and then coming to the US Open. Like how do you adapt to this massive switch? Um, I don't think it's that big of a difference. I mean, there's definitely crowd-wise. But um, when I was in London, I called my mom and my brother and I kind of told them to come out to Hawaii like because I needed somebody so they both came out um and that was a that was a change and then I went to Berkeley my mom was there um where else did I go and then I went to Pan Am with the team so it's been it's been so different and I like that part I like the change-ups um I like being with my family um I also spent a week in Chicago before Concord so I had four days off I think and I hit for a few days for like an hour and a half so just taking it one day at a time and just learning and relaxing. It's pretty evident. I've always kind of told you that you're pretty mature for your age. I'm sure you get that a lot. Um, so it sounds like you take recovery exceptionally. Like it's a serious thing. Like recovery is so important. And um, just hearing you talk, like I took four days off and I just like, you didn't go like twice a day, like super hard right after. So tell us a little bit about how important recovery is to you I, I mean you have your mark pro here like you have so much stuff that makes you a better tennis player when you're not on the court introducing coco golf's signature shoe more than just a tennis shoe it's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette it's designed to enhance speed and power on the court the multi-piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out the coco cg1 empowers you to dominate the game learn more and purchase the coco cg1 at newbalance.com yeah, a lot goes into that, as you know. Um, and I definitely had to go through trial and error, you know, because I was that kid who um, thought that training twice a day, five days a week would get me better. And I'm sure I'm sure it did. And it taught me a lot of lessons. But um, at the same time, I kind of have to know my body and my play. Um, I guess my my style of play, you know, it's, it's big, it's exhausting. So I've got to take time when I can. And uh, that's kind of what I've realized. You know, also what strikes me as mature from both of you is you guys have played each other on tour. I mean, where things are super like not life and death, but dramatic. And then you're friends and you can talk about it, reflect. Like, do you find that happens a lot with people on tour that you are friendly? You know what? Actually, a lot. Um, I was surprised coming into the tour because you watch this stuff on TV and you're like, wow, like these girls are going at it. But if you approach everything professionally, um, I think, I mean, I know I'm comfortable with talking to other girls about matches and um, helping out other girls if they need help um, and inspiring other girls, I guess, because I've had Irina and like Ali Risk to look up to. I mean, these girls that are really respectable, like young women, you know, and it's true. It's it's all you guys. It's Asia. It's Christy. It's Jenny. I mean, it's really cool for me. It's a good group. Ali Risk, speaking of, how was our wedding? It was so fun. Oh, my gosh. I told my mom, I was like, gosh, my expectations for my guy are like above the ceiling right here. I mean, the love in that room was incredible. I loved it. I mean, I saw most of the highlights by stalking Instagram, and I just thought her dance and just it looked like it was the most amazing fun group of people and there's so many WT players there and so many American professional players together and I kind of love seeing that because like you said like 
you guys are actually friends and look up to each other. And I think that's really cute. Yeah. She actually put us right near the door, right near the dance floor, and right near the dessert table. So it was perfect. She knew what she was doing. Oh, she knew. That's awesome. So um, speaking of Jenny Brady, actually, so you share a coach, Stephen Huss, who is a Wimbledon doubles champ. Just, you know, casually going to drop that in there. Um, And it was the funniest thing. The other day I was watching him and Jenny take on two other uh, coach and player duo. Oh, was he? And uh, it was just, I mean, his volleys are just still so good. Um, having someone like Steven, I don't know him very much. So tell us a little bit of how, like how you met, how you got paired with him. And I know that you're sharing a coach with him with Jenny Brady now. So how's that relationship been? So I started working with Steven when I was 17. That's when I really started with USDA full time. And I got paired with him because he was coaching all the 1998 girls um, and then by the end of the year, I think I was like the last one standing. <laughs> so, uh, I actually got him by himself. So I got pretty much a f- private coach. Um, and then it just turned into a partnership that worked and he's a really professional, hardworking guy. And, um, he has a lot of tools at USDA that he definitely uses, um, tagging matches and, all of that stuff, learning from other coaches. Uh, he's a really, really good coach, and I really respect him. But it's awesome to have Jenny on board for the last year because she's one of my really good friends. So, um, yeah, it's really nice. So we said he's a Wimbledon, former Wimbledon doubles champion. Mm-hmm. I mean, it kind of shows. I think it resonates because you're a doubles champion in so many ways. You've won three titles this year, 100K in Serbaton. I mean, it, and you're a U.S. Open junior doubles finalist. I mean, how is doubles something that helps you? How are you passionate about both? How are you managing both? Yeah, I, I think doubles is a really cool side of tennis just because it's a little bit of an escape because you have somebody else out there and it's fun and it's quick. Um, I've always enjoyed doubles and um, being coached by Steven, I mean, my volleys have gotten 20 times better in my backhand oh, slice. Oh. And... Um, it's just really fun. Um, I love being out there with girls that I connect with, for sure. Um, that's really the only way I can play doubles, if I have a girl that is either my friend or someone that I think I'll have fun with. Because if I'm out there with somebody who is too intense, I just I wouldn't like it, you know, just personally. Um, so, yeah, I play with Jenny Brady. I play with Usway Arganada. Um, and I grew up playing with Brie Minor former NCAA champion. So, um, yeah, some really good girls. Okay, so you're a doubles champ. You're a singles champ. I mean, you've won main draw matches at slams. You've won events. You've won titles. Like, what's what's the big picture for you? Like, do you have any immediate goals? Do you have any long-term goals? Do you have any, like, year-end goals, ranking goals? What what's, what's what, Why do you play? What do you play for? Honestly, I just play to have fun. Um, I play because it's something that I really enjoy. And right now I'm just really thankful that not that I'm winning, but that I like, I feel good because it was a really rough six months at the beginning of the year. And, uh, it's something that we all have to go through. I mean, I talked to you about it, um, when I wasn't really winning that much and, um, it definitely takes a hit on your confidence. So you definitely learn a lot about yourself in those moments. And I, uh, Talking about my support system, I have people like Gil Reyes. I don't know if you you probably know him. And like Steffi Graf texting me. And uh, so I use people like that to um, 
kind of reach out to experienced people like that because I know that I'm not just one crazy case of feeling like this. So um, they definitely helped me get through this. Steffi Graf. Just name dropping Can that a little bit. we explain that? Yeah, it's like, hey, I'm going to text Steffi real quick. <laughs> how did, is it, how? So I trained with Gil Reyes for three weeks at the end of last year, and she came out um, and practiced with me a few times and watched me practice. And, uh, yeah, uh, we bonded, and uh, I definitely look up to her, and I've always looked up to her because her game was amazing and still is amazing because I actually hit with her. So she's she's really incredible, and her family is amazing, and Andre's obviously Andre. So you were out in Vegas with Andre Agassi, Steffi Graf, and Gil Reyes. That's, that's insane. That's amazing. Yeah, that's the coolest amazing. thing. Yeah, it was fun. And so, the fact that they're helping is cool. Yeah. Like they're yeah. they're willing to. No, they're they're incredible. What would you say like is the biggest thing that you like learned from them? Like, what's your biggest takeaway? Andre helped me with my backhand a little bit. Um, what does he know about backhand? Seriously. <laughs> like, oh, my God, how good's his backhand? His, uh, his footwork on his backhand, I mean, that urgency was definitely something that stuck with me. Um, Steffi just um, reinforcing that relaxed kind of feeling. And, yeah, and the slice, the slice to run around to hit her forehand, big serving. Um, but also something that stuck with me was that Sometimes when you're like in the middle of the court and you should feel calm, like you're not going to feel calm and you have to accept that. You just have to go for your spot and just go for it. And that helped me a lot. Um, And just her attitude, both their attitudes are amazing. And Gil, the way he speaks, he just understands me and understands so many different people from so many different walks of life. So it was it was really cool. That has to be one of the most interesting experiences you've had so far in your career. For sure. Do you have a standout memory? Is it is it Pan Am Games? Is it winning the 60K in Massachusetts? Or, you know, maybe Junior US Open? What is your most standout, proudest memory in tennis so far? That's funny because it's like literally all of those. Um, I would say more, you know, Junior US Open was awesome because I think that was one of the first times my mom came out to watch me play. And I actually didn't originally want her to come out because I ended up qualifying for Junior US Open and then making semi. And I was in, like, the second round of main draw, and I was like, Mom, like, don't come. Like, I'm doing well. Like, And then she showed up because my coach called her, and he's like, she's playing well. Like, you should come out. And I was in the quarters, and I beat Alicia Black, who was, like, seated, like, two, I think. And I hit a ball into the stands, and my mom caught it, which is like, crazy. She actually still has it, and she made me sign it. So, And her friends were all there, and there were, like, hundreds of people there. I was on court 17. So she, she ended up catching it, and... I don't know. It was, it was crazy. Wow. That's amazing. And you had no idea that she was there? No. No. That, I mean, I knew she was in the crowd somewhere. Oh. Okay. But, like, but I, like, dropped to my knees, I think. I stood up, and I took the closest ball to me and just hit it really hard up in the stands, and my mom caught it. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 
All right, listeners, we're here with Caroline Dolat. Caroline is on a hot streak in the U.S. hardcourt season, winning a 60K in Concord, Massachusetts, and qualifying at the U.S. Open with a lot of ease. Back to Caroline. Do you put any expectations on yourself um, when you enter, you know, you qualify for a slam, or you, like you said, you were in the semifinals of this tournament. Do you expect, like, hey, I expect to win every match? You know, I just expect to hold myself accountable for the things that, I'm supposed to do out there, which is my attitude, my game style. So that's really all that I think about. So, all right. So you talked a little bit about being in Lake Nona. How big of a challenge was that to actually like move to Lake Nona and be like, all right, I'm committing. I'm going to move down here. Your family's in Chicago. How often do you see them? Do they come visit you often? Do you have a roommate? Like, What's your life in Lake Nona? You're 20 years old, but in my head, I'm thinking you should probably be living at home, but that's a college junior, so I'm incorrect. So I do live alone. I live in a studio um, near you, but it wasn't that hard of a decision just because I was already with Steven and USTA at 17. So I was in the dorms for a year until I was 18, and then I got my own place. Um, So yeah, turning pro at 18 was like, drawing the line of, okay, I'm getting my place, I'm committing. So it was all of that together. So I I guess the decision was hard, but nothing else really was hard. It was just committing. All right, so you won a 60K on hardcore. It's your first hardcore 60K in Concord, and you won a 60K last year on clay. What service do you prefer? That's a tough question because I'm, I'm always asked that question, and I say clay and hard, but I would say, like, slow, gritty, hard courts. Have you gotten more and more used to doing media and doing, I mean, this is a podcast, so we're really fun and cool, but having all these obligations and people hunting down to talk talk to you, has it increased a lot? Um, I don't know. I mean, it hasn't really increased a lot, um, especially because of the slow beginning of the year that I had, but uh, I don't know. I'm kind of used to this. Um, Yeah. So how how was your day, like, today you just qualified for the u.s open no big deal um and so you get off the court you go you do your recovery like how much media did you have like was it are you still reeling from it right now like a lot of people always say like oh you must be on a high right now i'm like yeah yeah but there's another match i gotta worry about you know that's in a couple days yeah i'm not really actually thinking about the match um i'm just i talked with pam shriver i talked with the new york times and Walked back, practiced a little with Steven, just a little after the match. That's usually like our match routine. Um, And then I took an ice bath, got a massage, got some needling done, got another massage. So, um, and in between all that, it was protein shake, bar, and then I ate some stuff on the way back. Sounds kind of nice, all these massages. Yeah. But some of these are sports massages. They probably hurt and are terrible, but it still sounds nice. Yeah, cupping and needling, it's, it's a little difficult. Was there any player gifts or a special, I don't know, a package or something that you get for making it into the main draw? Yeah, there's this gift suite, um, some Tiffany & Co. stuff, some glasses and Nordstrom's like um scarves and stuff um i had my older sister and my mom actually pick them all out for me so i haven't really opened that bag except for the glasses because the glasses are really nice they're from rue and something i don't i don't remember know. when you said that you can't tell the difference between grand slams and other tournaments okay. <laughs> that's true you get you get a lot of perks here okay i think we'll end on that caroline thanks for joining us on the tennis.com podcast yeah thanks for having me
Thanks so much for being here, Caroline. Have a great rest of your year. Good luck with everything. From the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, this has been the Tennis.com Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to stay caught up. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and every major listening app, as well as Tennis.com slash podcasts. We're your hosts, Nina Pantic and Irina Falcone. We'd like to thank our team, editor and audio designer Luke Mahoney, producers Alexa March and Sean O'Malley, and executive producers Shelby Coleman, Kyle Einhorn, and Andy Chu.